Hey guys, I'm Christy Norman. You're watching Hospitality TV. Woohoo! Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Hospitality TV. Today we're in LA at the dining room at Spago with none other than Christy Norman Song. How you doing? Hi, good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being on the show. It's been a long time coming. You know, we've had our trials and tribulations, but we're here, <laughs> we're live, we're getting the show done. So thank you. I know you got a lot going on, so I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Uh, before we get into the whole thing, though, I want to take a moment to thank our sponsors on the show. Psych! Just kidding. No sponsors at all. This is a one-man show. You know how we do it, Christy. Come on, <laughs> give me some love. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I had to get that out of the way. One-man show. You see me running around this restaurant trying to set up here, so I appreciate your patience. Thank you so much. Um, so for the few people that are watching that don't know about you, can you give us a little kind of background story, a little two to three minute intro on how you got to being a sommelier here at Spago. Yeah, um, so I worked at a tea house when I was 16 and we had 120 teas on the list. Um, so recommending beverages, you know, at different price points based on style, country, variety. Those were all things that were really um, easy for me to do. You mm -hmm. know, that was very natural for me. So becoming a som was kind of a, a uh, a logical progression you know I, my right. mom thinks it was at least um, because I didn't really drink wine growing up but I what what really um, catapulted me kind of into the sommelier field was I, I was basically working at a steakhouse as a food runner I really wanted to be a server there I needed to make more money to help out my family um, my parents had a rough divorce and like it just I had to step up you know mm -hmm. and um, I was working at a barbecue joint during the day and then I was working at the steakhouse at night as the head expediter and I really wanted to be a server, and so I realized that I needed to learn about the wine, and that would really kind of take me um, into like a different league because I was 19 at the time. All the servers there were in their 30s, 40s, 50s. So why, you know, this young girl's gonna come in and you know be a server? It doesn't doesn't make sense, right? right. So I was Without actually paying her dues. right, yep. exactly. So I well, I was a you know a server trainer at the barbecue restaurant that I had been at for like three years at the time, um, but I had never been in fine dining, and that's like a totally different game, right? 100%. And so um, I was actually a, a bar back when I first got hired there. I was mopping the floors, cleaning the drains, because I wasn't even 21, so I couldn't taste anything. Right. But I was, you know... You couldn't I, serve it either, right? Right, right. Yeah. And then um, the owner came in one day, and I was, like, carrying the trash out, and he was like, no, let's... let's <laughs> can, we, can we do something else with her? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so I... Um, I started studying for my level one because that was the only structured kind of programs to learn about wine mm -hmm. um, and I knew a couple people that were certified sommeliers in my town and um, they kind of gave me a, a guideline of what I needed to study and so I took my first level exam uh, just a few days after I turned 21 um, nice. and then I took my certified not six months later That's and crazy. that was right yeah well I real I overstudied like crazy for level one for because intro, I, yeah. right because I was like <laughs> I don't know anything I never drank really before you know um, so I, I way overcompensated and I did really well at intro um, and you know certified uh, crushed it about six months later I loved it um, and that's really when I started to fall in love with wine and um, my intro exam was taught by Chris Miller who used to be the wine director here got it um, so he's a he's now a master sommelier he passed his master when he was here um, and I was really inspired by him and I was like wow I want to work at Spago it's like one of the biggest lists in the entire world we have like 30 uh, 600 something selections I think right now grand award right right yeah we yeah. have a grand award mm -hmm. well the grand awards more than a thousand SKUs. we're at 3600 
you know, on average. Right. That's 20,000 bottles in-house managed by four sommeliers. That's like, wild. It's a lot, yep. you know? And um, I really wanted to work here, so I tried to do the same tactic as the steakhouse, where I would, I was coming in here like, oh, I'll be a cocktail waitress, or I'll be a hostess, or I'll be a food runner, like whatever you want, basically, you know? And they were just like, they thought I had too much experience because during this time, I actually became the captain of that steakhouse, like the lead server, and then I became a manager. Oh my God, <laughs> and I was okay. opening another location the week that I took certified. Um, so they said I had too much experience. And um, all of a sudden, about six months, I literally had six interviews at this restaurant with like all of the people, you know? <laughs> yeah. And they, uh, there was a song position that happened to open up because there's only two floor song positions. So th there just wasn't a place to fit me in, you right, know? Right. And then it opened up and they said, you know, let's give this 21 year old girl a shot. Amazing. And so uh, I've been here for over three years. Um, I'm about to turn 25 next month. Nice. So um, yeah, it's been a it's been an awesome awesome journey. I'm really grateful to be here. That's amazing. Yeah, congratulations on that. I mean, I don't think a lot of people get the opportunity to jump into a restaurant of this caliber right away. And looks like you've taken it head on. So congrats. What do you think is like? I mean, from like a culture perspective of this restaurant. I mean, you've kind of worked here for most of the time that you've been a sommelier. But for other people, like, what do you think you're most impressed about? Like about the culture of this place, about the Psalm team, kind of how it operates. Well, uh, nobody. And the reason I ask that because I mean, I've worked at a couple of kind of high, you know, restaurants that have this level of intensity too, and I mean, there's definitely some things that you walk away from that are like, man, that's that that, that doesn't exist in other places, but they help to form you to become who you are. Yeah, um, pretty much every table that comes in here is celebrating something. Yeah. I mean, we have regulars, and I'd say 50% of our guests are regulars, so they have like a standing reservation on Saturday nights at eight o'clock. You see these people every single week, you know every day for lunch. There's somebody who comes in every day four times a week for lunch. <laughs> I mean, people are very consistent. They mm -hmm. just, you know, if they're, they're neighborhood people, they've been coming here for 20 years. They, it says they have 700 like visits. visits yeah, with that's, a, that's insane, oh you know? Yeah. Um, but I think what's really interesting is like having um, an environment where everybody cares so much about, um, you know, the, the attention to detail. Like we are, if it says that it's a birthday in the reservation, like we really go above and beyond to anticipate everybody's needs. I mean, we they go, they go so far to know if the person likes arms on their chairs. You know, we know that certain guests, you know, if they have a bad back, we'll give them a pillow. You know, if right. they have if they say that their eyes are strained, you know, we have you know glasses to give them. Um, you know, we send them home maybe with a little something at the end. We might you know. Um, uh, start them off with some bubbles that they had 10 years ago on their wedding anniversary then like I just doing like these small little things that mm -hmm. that really make a huge difference totally. because you know we want to make everyone feel special and how do you make everyone feel special when there's so many people who are special you right. know? every day <laughs> every right. day yeah, yeah. Um, but I think when you know, everybody genuinely cares here and nobody leaves all the staff is the same that's what I've heard it's yeah. like nobody leaves at all it's very very challenging to get a server position here mm -hmm. because there's just no rotation you know timing is um, everything yeah you got it in at the right spot right but that's the <laughs> but that's the um, the sign of a good restaurant I think when a lot of restaurants struggle to keep their staff and yeah. you know I think just in general most restaurants have high turnover and there's nothing wrong with that right it's just the nature of the business you know yep. people do other things they move on but here I mean people are here to, to be servers at Spago yeah you know, and that's great. So let's talk about something. You have a wine course coming out, right? This is a big thing that everybody's super excited about. I'm excited. Anybody who follows you for any amount of time can see the amount of work that you put in kind of to reach out to other people. What I love about kind of what you do is that you share a lot of the information that you 
receive here and like we get to see a level of wine service here that you don't get to see in many other places and the types of bottles that you guys are opening and everything that's happening around you so um, I have a couple questions about that but tell us about the wine course what's happening what, what do we have going on uh, so <laughs> after I uh, after I started working here I got exposed to you know some of the greatest wines in the world I was very very lucky to be able to taste this awesome stuff and I started sharing it on Instagram and so then now you know people from all over the world are kind of like tuned into my experience as I'm experiencing these things for the first time you know it was like really cool and so I was creating these videos because what I saw was that my guests even though they are you know extremely high profile like you know really really well off they don't necessarily know anything about wine because there was never a formal training or education mm -hmm. and so I started doing these little videos called adulting with alcohol mm -hmm. which were my little YouTube videos where I, they were a mix of comedy and wine education yeah um, I wanted to, I, I always wanted to make wine fun because I was 20 years old studying for my SOM exam and there was nothing that was fun or different in media and there was nothing that I could apply my wine knowledge to like in in social media and stuff either you know there right. was just nothing so there you could like read books and totally. millennials don't like to read books so I was addressing some common questions that I got um, in these adulting with alcohol videos you know I had like my Ten Commandments of wine you know just what is cognac I'd be like singing like as future Percocet <laughs> no anyway um, there's like you know what I'm talking so about so Chun Li episode yeah, oh, yeah there's like how, how to save a bottle of wine I'm in a Chun Li yes. outfit and like you know uh, it was really fun we we wrote and shot that in one day actually it was Amazing. like super awesome uh, but yeah and so um, I realized at some point that in order to have people really learn I had to give them a foundation of knowledge in which to like base that off of. And I just didn't see anything in the market that actually did that. So I created a wine course for beginners. I spent the last year of my life, I, you know, I, I wrote a book essentially, a 60 page book that was everything that an average regular person should know. Not a sommelier, not a sommelier trying to train. This is for somebody who likes to dine, you know? Yeah. And to something that was gonna be fun and approachable. And really the adulting with alcohol videos, like that was my goal before, but I just didn't um, have the confidence or the uh, follow through to like do something this massive because it's a huge project. The like, adulting with alcohol was pretty successful. I feel like you have a ton of views there. A lot of people got to know you through that also, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really it's really great because once somebody has watched the adulting with alcohol videos, like they know who I am. Yeah. Like, you know, they're, they they totally connect with me. I can tell when somebody's watched my videos because they just get my humor, right. you know, and like my energy. Um, and, I, and ultimately, I wanted to give people an opportunity to be able to learn and not just be making fun of wine because I love making fun of wine. I love making fun of snobs. I love making jokes about wine, but also I have to have, if I'm going to be that, I also need to have a resource to be like, hey, I know I'm making a joke, but here's the way that you can learn about it. Right, right. right? So the wine course is essentially a driver's ed course for wine. So it's 16 sections. There's two to five videos per section mm -hmm. um, that are a few minutes long each, right? So um, I walk through how to taste wine, you know, what is wine? Um, how to open a bottle of still and sparkling. There's, you know, terroir, like what that means, old world, new world, all those things. And then there's like a second half of the course um, in those 16 sections that covers France, Germany, Spain, all of the major winemaking regions uh, in the world that are like classic. Yep. Um, 
and you know some things that I care about as well yeah. thrown in there. And there's a companion worksheet with every single video, um, so you can follow along, take active notes. It asks you some comprehensive, like you know, um, active learning questions. Mm -hmm. And then there's a quiz after every section that you have to pass before you can move on. And then there's a comprehensive exam. Um, and once you pass, then I'll send you a little pin, this little um, a little gift. I've seen those. Uh, signifying, <laughs> yeah, pin. your completion. Because I think um, I was, I had a, the professor of wine at UCLA, uh, Paul Sherman. I had him uh, kind of curate some of my material, mm. all of my material actually. And he was like, "You need to give the kids something. Yeah, you need to give them something." And I was like, <laughs> Is it like a trophy? You're right, Paul. You're right. Yeah, it's well, it's not a participation trophy because you have <laughs> right. to actually pass. You have to do it. That's, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be online. Um, you know, people will just you know. Are create. people going to have access to you? I mean, they kind of have that already, right, through your social media. But like, if they have questions like about the course, you think they can like hit you up or DM you or things like yeah, that? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I think that's like one of the best parts, I, right? I respond to every single yeah, DM. Yeah. I think and you're then, super active there. Yeah, I'm super active there. And then there will be a place for actually questions yeah. that they have about the course, um, because I, you know, I think that this is this is V1, right? This is right. version one. Right, right, right. And who knows where this is going to evolve to? I think that I did a great job on this. I'm really happy with the quality of the content. Like, yeah. we, I mean, we shot it like it was like a movie production, like like quality, you know. Um, no sponsors for me. No, there, no, I had a couple sponsors. I had some people that helped me out. Uh, I, saw, I saw a little background, you know, little stories uh, yeah. of you filming it. It looks awesome. I can't yeah. wait to see it. I, I'm, I know I'm you put really a lot of work excited. into it. So let me ask you this. I mean, you're in this environment of Spago, right? And it's, you're very much in, involved in, I hope this isn't a redundant question, but you're, you're very much surrounded by the quartermaster uh, guidelines and obviously like the styles of education that they do with the tasting groups that you do here, right? How has that influenced you into how you're going to deliver this wine course? Because, you know, we have this very kind of, if, if I may, a very old school style of, of wine education that's been brought to you by this system. And I know that a big demographic for you are like millennials, right? Like you're trying, I think like some, you've even said that the best way to kind of get people more involved in wine is to approach the millennials and get them involved. How is that tweaking kind of the way that you're doing this course? So, um, honestly, Wolfgang here, I mean, he's here four days a week and or when he's not traveling, you know, mm -hmm. and he sits down at the <coughs> tables. He wants us to be casual. It's a little different than what the Corps de Master necessarily wants. And, and we, here, you know, we're West Coast, we're L.A., everything's a little bit more casual here. People come in in flip-flops and they're billionaires, you right, know. Right. So our approach is, is inherently a little bit more casual than, say, in New York. Um, but I think that... Uh, I had to reel it in a little bit for the wine course, right? I'm, I'm, I definitely still have elements of humor. I have like a, a whole like student uh, scene, which is myself like taking the course, and it uh -huh. like cuts to we cut to each other kind of. Okay. Um, but you know, I, 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 I was a little bit more vulgar in adulting with alcohol. You know, <laughs> I was younger and I threw f bombs and you know. Um, but I realized that if I want to cater to. Um, you know, the entire world, I think that everybody could benefit from taking this course. And, you know, I had to reel it in a little bit. I had to be a little bit more formal. And then also here, like tasting all the classic producers and, you know, the best Bordeaux and, you know, Burgundies and stuff, like our list is crazy. Like being able to taste that, I had to, um, I had to acknowledge those regions, sure. you know? Right. I mean, maybe some millennial, like young sommeliers, I'm a young sommelier, so I don't want to sound like that, but people that, you know, haven't necessarily had these classic wines, you know, maybe they wouldn't acknowledge it in a wine course for beginners. Right. I think I think some people maybe wouldn't, and I am really about um, going back to the classics because they're they're classic for a, for yep. a reason, yep. you know? Yeah, well said. 
So Christy, can we get like a little sneak peek or something of the course, or even about, how about this, like a couple of tips from you on how to handle some classic scenarios. So say somebody's coming in, like on a first date, they want to order a bottle of wine without seeming, you know, uncultured, or, but they want to do it smoothly. How do they do that? Yeah, absolutely. So we have that situation kind of happen <laughs> all the time. Um, so typically, if you have the list open, let's say you're the, you're the gentleman and you're buying a bottle of wine, mm -hmm. um, I'd have the list open and kind of like call the sum over to the side if they come over and ask, you know, you know, can, can I help you find something or whatever? Um, <laughs> and I would say the point at a number on the prices, if it's there, and say, I want to, I want to be around here. And then, you know, just say kind of the what producers you like, if you can, if you mm -hmm. know. If you don't, just say, um, you know, I'd like a medium-bodied red. I think that, and then, you know, just, just listen to the questions that they ask. Because if they're, you know, a wine professional, they'll probably be able to guide you a little bit. Yeah. But I think the, the best thing to do, just so you don't seem cheap, well, I want to spend like $60 on a bottle of wine. You know, it's, you don't want to have that kind of in front of your date. I would just point to something. And I try to do that whenever I think it's like a sensitive right. situation. But if you're with your wife or you're with, your, you know, somebody you've been with for a while or you don't care about that stuff, then just say, oh, I want to spend around $200. Right. I want to spend around five hundred dollars, and then the, the sum or whoever the wine director um, will have the opportunity to bring you something really great. And for me, I love that. I love when people give me a price point totally. because then I can find something killer, yeah. like that's a value, like that's yeah. a steal. And people shouldn't you know? be embarrassed about that. No. Like people are very upfront about how much you want to pay in every other scenario. Totally. That you go buy any random yeah. product, <laughs> and you're very upfront about it. And for some reason, people get shy right away because they think that they're going to be perceived as being cheap or something right same thing for me if somebody's like I want something between 60 and 80 bucks on your list perfect we have a bunch of things at that price point and, I'll, and you'll be stoked on it yeah. um, so yeah I like that okay what about this one how to order a good bottle of wine when you're walking through the grocery store with so many labels so many bottles that you don't really remember you like the one you had a Pinot Noir once and you liked it but now you want to do something new how do you approach that honestly um, I think that shopping small at like boutique wineries or, or like, or not boutique wineries, but like small wine shops mm -hmm. and stuff, there are local wine shops everywhere if you look for them, yeah. right? Like you can be at Vaughn's, you can be at, you know, Ralph's, but first, the one thing I'll say is that I think you should stop, shop small. But second, if you are at Ralph's or Vaughn's or whatever, my go-to's, uh, New Zealand Sauv Blanc, mm -hmm. uh, things that are inexpensive to make just in general, are usually so things that don't have a lot of oak yeah um i i would just stick with whites at the store i don't know like personally <laughs> i think this is what i'm gonna do um yeah something that's unoaked something that's pretty neutral like pinot grigio from alto adige or friuli right good mm -hmm. good safe bet right it's not going to be expensive to make moscato dosti right right super cheap a lot of the time um some prosecco maybe like mm -hmm. you know just things that are like large format you yep know? Spanish Garnacha, that's my jam. Really? Spanish Garnacha. Cool. If I need a nice, light, inexpensive red. Cool. Oh. Uh, they have them at like Ralph's and yeah, stuff? Yeah. Nice. There's okay, a couple cool. like under 12 bucks. Yeah. What? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Those are my go-tos. <laughs> I love Grenache. It's like my favorite variety. Oh, I love Grenache. So let me go in a different direction with you. There's a, a, an interview I heard not too long ago, or read, um, with Bobby Stuckey, right? And this thing that like really... I really liked it. I think it also got a lot of backlash, like on the responses that people were getting in the song community. We don't need to get into that, but there's one thing that he said that I thought was really interesting. And he's talking about how, you know, career sommeliers, there's a lot of recognition for 30 under 30, for example, right? Or like these young sommeliers that are crushing it and that do deserve this good, you know, recognition for the work that they're doing. But he also mentions how there's not a lot of 
um, recognition for people that have a lot of longevity in the career, right? Which is important because especially for people like us or even in the court of masters, like you need mentorship, right? Like that's what the whole thing, that's what the program is all about. It's about building network and creating and finding mentorship. So you can get that and hopefully pass it on, right? Um, and I thought that was super important and super interesting, especially with the amount of people that, that we know that are, you know, great psalms, they're working on the song, they're working on the floor, and then they go take a sales job or they're like the brand ambassador for this company. You don't really see them on the floor anymore and you don't see them interacting with customers as much. Um, you know, I guess what my question is like, what do you, how do you feel about that? And where do you think the role of the sommelier is headed in the, in the near future? Honestly, I, I agree with Bobby Stuckey. You know, I know some awesome people that have gotten 30 under 30, yeah. 40 under 40. I think that it's great to recognize them, right? Like, totally. hey, you're up and coming. Like, we see the hard work that you're doing. I don't think that it's not valuable to have those things, right? Because it gives you some type of barometer like, oh, you know, these people are, are ones to watch. But, you know, I, I do agree that I think Bobby Stuckey, like, really hit the mark on that where I think that, you know, there should be more Lifetime Achievement Awards. He's one of the most inspiring, amazing sommeliers I've ever met, and he's working the floor at Frosca like every day yep. and doing classes and mentoring people and like doing shit and I just I totally agree I agree with him yeah um, and you know I like him because he says the things that other people don't want to say right. right we both like bagged on natural wine and got a bunch of hate right. from it so. right <laughs> no I mean that was that was one of the biggest responses you know that yeah. like you and that's a super interesting thing too right like if you think about it like Who's who like who are drinking the most natural wines right now? Probably more, more millennials, right? Than your old school drinking crowd, and that's that in its own is super interesting. I mean, you think that's more of a kind of like a finger to the establishment of these old school big you know wineries that have been around forever versus now they're doing something new, regardless of how well the wine is made, but it's something new and interesting that somebody can latch onto. Yeah, I mean. Um <laughs> I think, you know, DRC is natural wine. You know, I don't have any hate against natural mm -hmm. wine. I, I don't like when natural wine is the first thing that is selling the wine, right? right? I right. think that it should be a good wine. It should be a sound wine. Mm -hmm. And then if it's natural or organic or biodynamic or, you know, kosher or whatever, that right. should be second. Absolutely. In my opinion. I agree. So, you know, and, you know, if there, if something is overwhelming a wine, it is, it's not in balance. And if you don't like balanced wine, that's okay. You know, um, but I think you, it's, it's important to know what a balanced wine tastes like before kind of going off to the left, yeah. you know, and we're buying wines for our consumers not for ourselves and I think that a lot of people um, you know it's, it's good to remind ourselves of that because it's easy to get into like oh what's cool and what's different and stuff and I think it's a hipster thing to be honest like you know uh, I know a lot of people who are really passionate about it and who really like it and that's fine um, it's just not my thing personally right yeah <laughs> each your own right but I like yeah. what you're saying though too it is it should be about how the wine tastes for people right, right. I think a lot of people kind of overlook that into they got caught up in fancy labels or different styles or trends and if I'm at the grocery store and I'm buying a cucumber, okay, I'm gonna buy it if it's a good cucumber. I'm not gonna buy it because it's a vegan cucumber. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I feel like that's what natural wine is to me yes. sometimes. It's like, why do you have to tell me it's natural? If it's a good wine, I'm gonna buy it. Yeah, <laughs> you know 100%. What I mean? <laughs> so what's next for you, Christy? What else do you have in the future? Um, well, what do you there, have coming up? There is a wine uh, television network that's in the works. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to say like too much about it, but um, I'll give you the exclusive. Oh, okay. I'm really All excited right. about this. Yes. Um, I will be doing a wine travel show nice. um, coming up. Hopefully, that filming it this June or July. Okay. Um, but I want to go to the most extreme vineyards on the planet 
and show everybody about that. So, oh my God! Um, it's like after the, the wine course life. launch, <laughs> after the wine course launches, that's the next thing that I'd really, really like to do. Um, we, you know, I'm just kind of choosing all the places. So if anybody has these suggestions of where I should go, hit me up, fam. Yes. Uh, all right. I would love to. I would love to have more suggestions um, to pitch and stuff because I think it'll be really cool. I think that like an Anthony Bourdain like style, you oh know, following God. me around, yeah, like, with your twist on it. Stuff. <laughs> like, you know, imagine just like vertical oh vineyards, you yes. know, in Mendoza or in Argentina or whatever. Actually, they have a specific vineyard in Mendoza that I'm um, that I'm thinking of, but it's like a wall. And I and you literally have to be like harnessed in, and they want to go there. And I'm like, oh, oh my god, that's know. incredible! That's like a dream job. If you need a photographer, let me know, please. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'll come take I pictures. Yes. I just have Rob in just my Be like a package deal, yeah. you know. <laughs> hey, Chrissy. Uh, last thing I wanted to touch on real quick, and I gotta bring this up because I love your energy. You have like just this incredibly positive energy that's like infectious to anybody that's standing around you. So there was this thing that happened uh, last year. We don't need to touch on it because it's been like talked about enough. But the whole quote unquote scandal with the court of masters, right? It affected a lot of people. There's a lot of things being said during that time. Again, we don't need to get into it, but what I wanted to point out was you were like one of the, like the shining lights that came out of that in the sense that you were actually doing something to better that situation. And you created something to try to help all of the sommeliers and their families that were affected by this, by providing you know, donations and bottle donations and reaching out to people worldwide in your network. And I thought that was freaking awesome that you did that, right? Like, even for me, looking at it, I was just really kind of depressed about the whole thing. And there's a lot of negativity surrounding it. And you just came up and within a couple of days, you had created something on the fly to give back to these people. So. First of all, you're freaking badass for doing that. Thank you for doing that. It's, it means a lot in our community. And I, like, I got super pumped when I saw that, right? There's like really good people out there. So I appreciate and I super value having you in our network, you know? Um, but my question for you is like, what keeps you motivated? And how do you like always hit those levels of positivity in these stressful environments? I, I know what it's like to work at a restaurant like this. I mean, like you were saying, there's a lot of hospitality that goes into it and a lot of care, but there's a lot of stress because you still need to hit, hit these levels of expectation that people have. Not to mention, you know, creating your own, you know, your own wine show and your program and all this shit that we have going around. Like you take it in stride and like you just radiate positivity. What keeps you motivated? Honestly, um I was I, w I was really depressed in that situation. Like I don't know why. Like you know, it's like being part of the community. Like it it, it hit you in a place that like you never thought it would hurt. You know, because it really um, it like killed your dream. You know, like you're that little girl. I'm that little girl. You know, wanting to be an MS and you know having that like ripped from you basically. Like just being in that mental situation. I think a lot of people felt that way. It was devastating. You know, and in times of serious stress and pain like that's when I do stuff that's that's where like my fire comes from mm -hmm. like when I have a lot of pressure when people you know are um, just like putting their thumb on me to you know like like everyone feels that way right like in service you know chef is here you know we have like the guests that are insane honestly and like and the only thing that we can do is like create something positive from it and I, I saw a lot of people talking um, but I didn't see anybody doing anything. And again, it was just like out of need. It wasn't, you know, um, 
I don't even know that it, it we affected that many people. I mean, we tried, we tried our best, you know, there was, I couldn't get anything to Hawaii. Like, I mean, they had local collections in Hawaii yeah. for Chris, but like, you know, the, there were some states I couldn't just, I couldn't get to, I right. couldn't get to North Carolina, you know? Right. Um, but it Trust was Trust me though, that's a ripple effect. When you do something like that, even if you're not literally putting a bottle into somebody's hand, it, it matters for I, sure. I got a lot of messages telling me that they were inspired to do local collections and mm -hmm. stuff. And, like that was, it was emotional, you know? And and also, you know, I, I know that I seem like very young and people who don't know me, like they may not know what I'm about, but when you see somebody who's really young, like doing something, I feel like it inspired a lot of other professionals yeah. to help too. Because mm -hmm. you don't realize like how, how many resources that we have, you know? Yep. And, and we really do. Like I had reps like from all over asking to drop off samples. You know, people have, you know, a little sample budget for things like this. For sure. Peter Wasserman called me on my cell phone at 1030 at night. And he was like, hi, how do, how do we get the wine to the kids? What do you <laughs> like? Where are the addresses? What do you mean you don't know? I was like, I don't know. I just like did this thing. And, you know, I'm just trying to collect some bottles. He's like, what? Wait, but there's a typo on here. What does that mean? What are you trying to do? How many bottles do you actually need? And I was like, well, I put, you <laughs> know, crap. I put 48 because, you know, there's this many of candidates or whatever. Right, right. And um, it was hilarious. But he sent a care package, a burgundy care package to almost every candidate. That's wild. Wasserman, man. That's crazy. I could not believe that. I, and how did he get my cell phone number. <laughs> I have no idea. Like I posted like, it on Facebook. Oh my God. No, I think he was in New York, I think, okay. you know? Yeah. It was hilarious. Like 1.30 in the morning, bro. Like, well, it's crazy. But like people were really passionate about it. Yeah. And, you know, um, actually that week, Ted Glennon did a Piedmont Masterclass sponsored by the Italian government. It was cool. They did, the, did, oh, did it here. Oh, I saw that, yeah. Yeah, um, we had like 60 people uh, in the audience and I asked everyone for a bottle donation. That was like the ticket to the class. Yeah. And so we collected quite a lot. It was cool, yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for your positivity and everything you're doing for this community. You're badass. I can't wait to see what happens next. Uh, we'll be tuning in for sure. Guys, make sure to follow Christy Norman, Psalm on her wine. Oh, wait, how do we find you online? Um, there's well, a couple of different things going on right now, right? <laughs> yeah, there's a couple things. Yeah. Uh, Instagram, Christy Norman yep. underscore Psalm. Got there's it. There's no H in my first name, just saying. Uh, and then I was like, what am I going to, what username is, uh, am I going to have for my online wine course? And because all the usernames are taken, you yep. know what I mean? Like Shatsunov to Pimp is taken. Okay. <laughs> what am I going to call that this? Badass. Well, online wine course is my handle. <laughs> Perfect. Online wine course. I got it. Easy yeah. enough. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. You can't yeah. miss it. Yeah. Follow online wine course with Christy Norman, guys. It's going to be amazing. We can't wait to see what happens. And as always, don't forget to like, share, and comment. Give us some feedback on Hospitality TV. We are on iTunes on the podcast and Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again. Real solitude all by yourself. Woo! Thank you.